Welcome in to the Pigskin Cafe. Thanks for making time out of your day to listen to us talk about college. No, 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 no. The first NFL pod of this year. This is something that we just enjoy talking about, and we think that it's worth uh, – if you enjoy talking about it, this is what this, this whole thing is about, is not necessarily trying to uh, turn a career out of this, but just enjoying t- watching football and talking about it. So, um, hey, we want to do two things today. We've got a really good question at the end, but we want to just talk about our takeaways. But before we jump into that, hey, if you've not subscribed, it only takes one little click, get subscribed, see as these come out, and you can follow us on social media. But, Graham, I want to throw it right to you as we get into this. There's been a couple of weeks of NFL. It's hard not to overreact, but I think that the cream rises to the top, especially in the NFL. What's kind of your major takeaway when it comes to how the NFL's first two weeks have gone? Yeah, if uh, cream rises to the top, then dead weight must sink faster than, <laughs> I don't know, than the Titanic, I guess. I don't even know where I was going with that. But my It ended up well, Graham. Well, even you. though you didn't know what you were going, I liked it. I was doing it. Landed. But I, yeah, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but this team doesn't either. Um, <laughs> proud owner of a Derrick Henry Nashville, Tennessee Titans jersey. They stink. I mean, I'm just going to say it. They flat out suck. All right? I mean, if you watch that game on Monday night, you tell me one player on that team that would play for another team. <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry was averaging like three three yards a rush. I mean, shoot. I've seen quarterbacks like QB sneak for further than that. I mean, I, I think that when you look at it, Tennessee is bad. Brian Tannehill is playing exactly like he did. In that, uh, in the second round, in the I think it was the divisional round of uh, the the playoffs last year, where they uh, sacked Joe Burrow a billion times and they still lost. Why? Because Ryan Tannehill just found ways to give the ball away, and that's what's happening this year. Tennessee, they their offense is fully encapsulated by the ability to run the football and then play action off of that. So they're not going to line you up and go four wide, five wide, and then let's just run it, you know, let's throw it deep. They're going to say, we're going to hand it to Derrick Henry first down. We're going to hand it to Derrick Henry second down. Then we're going to get it in third and short, third and medium. We might hand it to Derrick Henry again, (laughs) and then again. Or they might run that, you know, third and short play action, you know, that tight end just drags across the field, or that post route, that crosser. But when you can't run the ball, there's no reason to react to that. And there's no reason for the linebackers to step up and to you know be baited into play action. You know they lost AJ Brown, and I guess until this point, I didn't realize how valuable he was to that offense. I, I thought that you know obviously he is better than Traylon Burks, but I thought Robert Woods coming in there and the addition of Traylon Burks would be better than solely AJ Brown and a hurt Julio Jones. But man, it's been worse than that. I. I mean, I, I really believe in Mike Brable's ability to coach NFL football. I mean, last year they played like 90-something players, and then they led the AFC, and they were the number one seed. But, man, all the wheels have fallen off. The ship is sinking. I mean, I don't even think they're treading water now. I think they're just sinking to the bottom. Uh, you know, as a proud Derrick Henry jersey owner, kind of disappointed, being honest. So, uh, living in Nashville – I mean, not really saying the city just you know, is overjoyed right now, but I mean, 
they lost to the Giants, which sucks. And then they got absolutely, they got throttled by the Bills. And the Bills are good. That's not my takeaway, though. Tennessee Titans stink. And that is a big, big takeaway from what they did last year. Hampton, I'm going to go to you. Uh, I think we already know what the takeaway is because we've seen a 20-minute video on it. But uh, go ahead and bring it down to us in uh, two minutes. I'm limited to two minutes? I'm Are you saying. kidding me? Are you kidding me? Okay, well, we're going to run a two-minute drill as effective as Tua Tungvaluwa did at the end of the fourth <laughs> quarter, baby. Cue the sweet victory music from SpongeBob because I have never felt more vindicated in my life. Not really, not in my life. But in football analysis than I was this past Sunday when the Miami Dolphins were down 35-14 to 14 and Tua Tungvaluwa led the Miami Dolphins all the way back, 28 points in the fourth quarter, 36 for 50, 470 yards, six touchdowns, 124 quarterback rating, player of the week. Man, I've been waiting on this. Man, I told each and every one of y'all that said, <laughs> oh, Tua's He's not He's got to list guy. all these names. <laughs> or the, no, I'm not going to name names. But the thing yeah, of, oh, Tua – Tua's, um, Tua's struggling, Tua's not the same quarterback, yada, yada, yada. And in that video that I did solo explaining why I thought 2022 would be Tua's breakout year, I told you, I said the offensive line would be vastly improved. He only had was sacked once on Sunday. Dramatic improvement from last year where he was under constant duress and didn't really trust his protection, and even in week one, I don't think he did. He was kind of panicky in the pocket, a little more happy feet, didn't let plays develop. This Sunday, he was much more um, composed in the pocket. He slid well. His footwork was exquisite, and he really drove the ball downfield as evidenced by the two long touchdowns to Tyreek Hill, something that, oh, Tua can't throw the deep ball. Well, Tua threw the dang deep ball this past Sunday, and it's because last year and the year before that, he did not have weapons around him. He had Devontae Parker. How well is Devontae Parker doing in New England, guys? I can tell you, <laughs> he's terrible because he can't get any separation. He's just a jump ball guy, and he doesn't stay healthy, and he's toward the back half of his career. Now, in his prime, very good player, but he's just not that guy. He's just not that guy. He's not a Tyreek Hill. He's not a Jalen Waddle who put up 170 yards by himself, feeding off Tyreek and the separation and attention that he drew. And it was just so great to see Tua trust his protection, have weapons around him where he could throw the ball downfield and not have to throw every ball in a tight window like he did last year. There was a stat that he had the highest percentage of tight window throws last year. And that's because his receivers could not get open. And now he has a scheme that fits him. I mean, if you're a football nerd and you want to go do a deep dive into that offense that Mike McDaniel is employing, dude, there's some dang good schematic personnel stuff that he's doing that is just so advanced from a football knowledge standpoint of getting guys open and creating opportunities for big explosive plays like – for example, there was a play down on the goal line, backed up on their own five, where they come out in 21 personnel, which is two tight ends and one um, one running back. 
and I think I had that right. No, 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 no. I mi- mixed that up. Two running backs, one tight end. Um, but they had the full they had the fullback out there all the way on the opposite hash. They had Jalen Waddle and Tyreek in the slot. Raheem Mostert was um, paired up next to Waddle, and they run a stick nod with Waddle, and he catches it. Then Ingold is acting as a lead blocker going down the field. I mean, that's just beautiful football stuff, and Tua executed it brilliantly. And the reason – this is the last thing I'll say. I could go on and on about how well Tua was this past Sunday, but the reason I like this kid so much – and I talked about it on the other on the other pod. I remember him committing to Alabama. I remember him getting to Alabama and hearing the whispers about how he was tearing it up in practice. And I had called for all year, especially toward the middle of the year when Jalen Hurts was struggling and not getting the ball to his receivers. And shout out Jalen for having a really good game on Monday night. Way to put the work in, brother, and be a much better player than you were at Alabama. Kudos to you. Um but I called for Tua being in the game, and I knew that Tua could get it done. What happens? They put him in the national championship, and he gets it done. He leads the team back 13-0. He's clutch, and that has been a theme even in the NFL. It, it didn't get talked about, but Tua is one of the best fourth-quarter passers in NFL history. In the past 30 years, from completion percentage, touchdown percentage, red zone percentage, He's up near the top, number one in many of those categories. And it's so good to see him be that guy he was at Alabama, where on third down, he is, you know, in 2018, he was 13 to 13 on third, his first 13 third downs as a starting quarterback. I think on Sunday, at one point, he was 8 of 10 on third down. I mean, he threw two touchdown passes on third down, at least to Tyreek. And while he doesn't have the biggest arm, what he has is elite accuracy, elite anticipation, elite poise in the pocket, and he showed off his mobility that people say he doesn't have on Sunday. And I was just so proud of the guy. He's been through so much with Brian Flores being toxic, like Chase said last year, and creating a situation around him that didn't cultivate um, his skills that honestly hampered him. And Mike McDaniel comes in instills confidence, and they build around him, and you see what happens. Six touchdowns, historic performance, historic comeback, and this is just the beginning. Tua's going to have a big year. I really feel it. Now, he has to go out this next Sunday and follow it up with a good performance. Now, he's not going to follow it up with six touchdowns, but he's got to be consistent and kind of build on this. It's a good foundation. Keep building on it, and by the end of the year, the Miami Dolphins are going to be a team to contend with. And I could not be prouder of my guy, Prince Tua, King Tua. Shout out to him. Shout out to Nick Hicks for the job that they put in in the offseason, all the work, getting him rehabilitated and getting that hip right. You saw the torque. You saw the velocity come back on the ball. And I couldn't be happier for an individual player. I tweeted that out on Sunday, and I fully meant it. So go Fins, go Tua. And that was my – that's really my biggest takeaway through the first two weeks of the season. Chase? What's yours, brother? No, I love it, man. Love it. Hey, I think that uh, you threw out a couple names there that uh, just need to clarify. You know, when Hampton does the gritty in the mirror, he thinks that he looks like Jalen Hurts, but he really looks like Mike Gusecki. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Hey, you, you it was hey, so bad. We got two over here doing a historical performance, and we got this dude right here thinking that, you know what? I mean, he just. 
he just had no flow. I mean, he, he got ahead of himself too, too fast. He looked like he was in a nursing home conga line with like a <laughs> you know like with a walker, dude. I don't know what he was doing. Hey, it was dude, it was bad. I, and and I think it's just uh, this isn't my takeaway, but just to be said, I mean, dude, it, you gotta love the way the NFL. I mean, the way that every game seems to come down to there's so many games, at least at least a couple a week come down to the last drive. And, I mean, there, it's just – I love how they kind of almost try to create a formula that does that, which is really exciting to watch as a fan. Mm-hmm. But something as simple as getting to see guys celebrate. I mean, you see them – I think that they enjoy that and enjoy that practice. I think it kind of is rubbing off on the game now where the, the, the game is turning more into – I mean, it's a grind league, but it's also about how can we have fun. Because you see guys collabing on uh, celebrations. Obviously, Gusecki mm-hmm. didn't run that one by anybody – heating up in deep water because of it. But, uh, Hampton, you got something to say before I do my takeaway? No, I was just going to add to that. Like, football is fun. I mean, we grew up playing it, and it has this childlike wonder and fun to it. And to be able to celebrate and have that part of the game when it is such a grind come out on Sundays is great. Great product for not only the player but for the fan. Absolutely. Totally. And I think they've done a good job of trying to think through how they can make the game better. And, hey, I want to say that there's a team who's gotten significantly better mm-hmm. that we need to highlight. I highlighted some bad teams that have gotten better in college, but this is a team that, I mean, hey, if you have watched Hard Knocks, man, this was just such a good one to watch. The Detroit Lions, I mean, I, I really felt like I was at practice with them, but I, I saw Dan Campbell casting vision and doing things differently and just I don't. It just kind of it reminded me of of this new team of who they wanted to be, but then also this kind of old school coaching a little bit. I don't know. And and I think they went into this season where people had criticized Dan Campbell, saying he's you know he's kind of more of like a hype guy, like he's not going to actually turn into mm-hmm. results. And let me tell you, I, the Detroit Lions, I get it. They're one and one. You could make the argument that the Bills and the Eagles right now in football might be the the best two teams in football. Let's just say top five to avoid the sake, like just for the sake of argument, but they took the Eagles into a really good football game, only lost by three. I know they were just playing the commanders, but it looked like the lions were controlling that game the whole time. They found Mm -hmm. some studs and Mm -hmm. have really turned the team around. And and I'm excited though, to see, Hey, what's going to happen between this lions and Vikings game? Because the Eagles and the Vikings played on Monday and the Eagles sneaky good game. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, I mean, like you said, the, the, the Eagles, I mean, they they smashed the Vikings. And it's like, hey, did the Lions go in and beat the Vikings? And we're like, hold on, this is supposed to be the Vikings year. New coach, kind of establishing that Rams offense up there. Hey, if the Lions win this game, all I'm saying is that that team has gotten a whole lot better. And I feel like the teams in their division, I can't, I, I see that the Packers lost their best receiver. The mo- one of the biggest difference makers, the biggest mismatches in the in the whole league, they lose them. They're trying to find their identity. I think they figure it out. But I don't see the Bears being too much of a threat. And, hey, if they beat the Vikings, hey, sign me up for where the Detroit Lions are going. I'm excited for them. I, I really hope good things happen to them. They can avoid the injury bug. But by the same time, like, it looks like they have fun when they play football. So I'm excited for the Detroit Lions. Hampton, what would you add to that? All I'm going to say is, like you said, they have found some really good skill players, but their OC, I can't oh, remember yeah. the name off the top of my head, but that dude is in his bag. Like he is doing some really cool schematic personnel groupings, like Mike McDaniel 
in Miami, and he's as big um, as a, of a piece in that Detroit offense revival as anybody on that team. So shout out to him for doing a really good job and for Dan Campbell to promote him and surround himself with yeah. good cerebral football minds. Hey, and to let him call plays. I mean, mm-hmm. not only to promote a guy, but then to trust him with what you're giving him. I think that they've uh, – there's stuff like that where I'm like, Dan Campbell's not just a hype guy. He's mm-hmm. I think he's a good leader in the sense of letting – like setting other people up for success. But then I think you still get the, the fun, head coach, crazy. Uh, the, I think what really comes down to is, is he going to be the one who's going to lead them for the next five years or he's the guy who's supposed to get them out of the hole? And that will be what we get to see. But that leads us into our next question. We've talked about teams who have gotten better – and I'm sure, you know, you cut on your TV and the first thing you see is they want to talk about the Cowboys. They, they've, they've committed 10 minutes to each hour to talk about the Cowboys, where LeBron's going to, you know, what, what he ate for lunch today. I mean, it's the same old, same old. But hopefully we're not just stacking on to the next, you know, we're not adding to the list of shows that want to talk about who's the best team in the NFL. I thought an interesting question that I threw out in our group me that had some pretty good discussion is, mm-hmm. hey, who's actually the worst team? in the NFL. And I think there's multiple right answers here of, you know, it's early in the season. We haven't seen much, but Graham, we talked about how, you know, these bad teams that might be in the bottom, let's say 15% of the league, they have one injury that happens to their already poor team can lead them to having sadly, what might be one of the the number one teams. I mean, I'm sorry, the number one pick in the NFL draft, which kind of would affect this show of just seeing, Hey, where does Chase, Chase, Bryce Young, where does, uh, you know, Will Anderson, where do they end up? And so I thought it was just kind of food for thought. So, Graham, when I ask you who is the worst team in the NFL right now, what team comes to mind? I'll tell you the team that did come to mind after a game and a half of football, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The half of football, the Arizona Cardinals were by far the worst team. They got absolutely blown out in game one, and it looked like they were on the path to do the same thing in game two against the Raiders. But they stepped it up. They changed some things. They readjusted. And uh, so they're not going to be the team anymore. I think the worst team in football right now already has a win. But I think it's the Chicago Bears. Oh, Graham, can't go two. You can't double up on us. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And you look at their offense, Justin Fields struggles to throw the football. I I feel like he is – he, he is like half of what Jalen Hurts is. Mm. He he can run the football sometimes, but Jalen Hurts can break off a few of those throws every now and then. It's like, okay, Jalen does have an arm. Justin Fields has not shown the ability to throw the football in the National Football League. And their one win was against the San Francisco 49ers, which, I mean, they were playing in a puddle. It was a mon. I, I've never seen like such a wet game being played. I mean, there was water everywhere. I mean, literally, like, people couldn't even walk without there being, like, I mean, tsunamis worth of water going in there. Noah passed by on his ark, passed the stadium. I mean, yeah. And so, I mean, I think the Chicago organization's really – a really good fan base, but their organization's also not very good. Um, I mean, you look at that offense. They've got David Montgomery, who's a a solid running back, but they're playing two rookie offensive tackles – and their best wide receiver is Darnell Mooney. And right now, Justin Fields can't get him the ball. I think he that has Darnell, two targets. Yeah, he's got two targets the whole year. And it, his one catch 
this past week against Green Bay went for negative yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, literally, like, you look at their offense, and I just don't see how it gets figured out. I mean, like, right now there's teams that are 0-2, like the Titans and the Bills, who have played really poor. But we think they can figure it out. I just don't think the Bears can figure it out. Their defense will keep them in a lot of games. I think mm-hmm. they have a, um, you know, a, a better than average defensive team, but they're getting older, and it's not the same team they were. It's not the Chicago Bears defense of 2018, you know, of several years ago. I think it's the Ch- Chicago Bears. Um, I, I just don't think it gets much better. If the Lions are better yet than they have been in the past, that's not two easy wins that the Bears can get over them. The you know, we, we believe the Vikings are better than the way they played on Monday. So I, I think it's got to be the Chicago Bears. They just don't really have much going for them. And, uh, man, I, I don't know what they would do with the first, the first overall pick because uh, they could address almost everything. Hampton, I'm going to pass it to you. Who's the worst team right now in your eyes in the National Football League? Man, this is tough. Uh, I was with wholeheartedly with you. I thought the Cardinals were the worst team. Then they come back and pull a rabbit out of their butt, and they beat the the Raiders in you know improbable fashion in overtime. And you know I can't say the Lions, I can't say the Jets, who are usually the top two contenders sparring for who's going to be Jacksonville. I think they're they've looked very competent under Doug Peterson. They got some talent um, on that offense and even that defense, really. I can't pick the Giants because they're 2-0. Yeah. I'm not going to pick the Titans because they're 0-2, but I still think they've got talent and can work some things out. But I would honestly have to say either the Carolina Panthers or the Denver Broncos, man. Mm. And I don't – I'm not going to – my final pick is going to be Carolina, but I just want to say Denver for the talent that they've had yeah. has looked – pathetic man Russell is not the same guy that he was two to three years ago there's a clear drop off in arm strength mobility and even confidence like he he doesn't let it rip because he knows he it's like almost he knows he cannot do it and cannot get the ball where it needs to go um they were coached pretty poorly um but I mean they're they're contending but I'd say Carolina Baker Mayfield does not look good um, in his first two games, especially against the Giants, he did not look good. McCaffrey, I don't, I don't see the same guy. I think those injuries have had a kind of a cumulative effect on his skill set. Their offensive line is a disaster. Defensively, they got some, got some players like Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson and J.C. Horn, but um, I don't think they're very well coached with Matt Rule, um, honestly. And uh, I just – I don't think they're a very good team right now. They're 0-2. Um, and in a division that um, has the Saints and the Bucks, I just don't think they're going to compete um, for a playoff spot. And I think they might be looking at a number one pick. Chase, who do you got, man? Man, I, I'm glad that you mentioned <clears throat> mentioned the Broncos just because I think that we're all kind of feeling that way. And it's, it's not like a, they're the worst team in the NFL. But, mm-hmm. man, this podcast talked about how – Hey, if you're Seattle, you you kind of got a really good deal. We were almost saying that Seattle's management of how they draft might not turn those picks into good picks. But it's like, hey, I mean, whoever's sitting on the bench can get you to not go to the playoffs. That's what Russell was doing, you know, the past year in Seattle. So 
we didn't really hate that they moved on. We thought it was a big move, but like you said, like is Russ that still is he the same player? And just to touch on Nathaniel Hackett, I've heard a lot of criticism, obviously, of his coaching, but he says a lot of I thinks, maybes, like the way that he talks is not confident either. And I think mm-hmm. if you don't have a confident coach and you don't have a confident quarterback, that's not a that's not a formula for success. So um <laughs> I Did- Hold on, real quick. Did y'all see the video of Russell on the sideline when um, the defense was on the field? He's and he was like saying, "Runner pass over time, runner pass." I'm like, it was the goo. I'm like, come on, what is this rec league? (laughs) Let him know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, Chase, if you hadn't seen it, I had seen it, and if our audience hadn't seen it, go go do yourself a favor. I mean, it is cringeworthy. Let me. That's what I quoted in the group chat. Runner pass. Oh, yeah, hey, got well, it, got well, it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's this right here. Well, maybe I, I didn't see it because nobody sent it to me. But you know, I did send you the uh, Herm Edwards you know, <laughs> information about his. You know, so it goes both ways, brother. Um, <laughs> I think that yeah, I dude, honestly, this is just such a fun question because you can just overreact and it's somewhat justified. But mm-hmm. here's here's what I'll say: if you if you're going to throw in the Broncos, I'll I'll talk about how I don't think the Raiders. I mean. Constantly underperforming, but by the same token, I, dude, I saw a tweet that I sent Graham about uh, about Derek Carr, and just like you're not, I don't think you are who you claim to be. He's never really performed up to his contract since he's gotten it. But man, I saw someone say, I don't even know if I know who S A S is. Does anybody know who that is? Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith rips Derek Carr, which I think is funny. I hope this doesn't have any cuss words and I accidentally say what. Yeah, it does. All right. <laughs> um, he says, when are you going to step explicit up? Then he says, Josh Jacobs ain't no scrub. Adams is a stud. Waller is a bad brother. Hunter Renfro ain't no joke. I can hear him say that in my head right now. You <laughs> yeah. got weapons. What the uh, – yeah, you can fill that in. Are you doing handle – your, handle your business. And I think that I simply bring that up because I'm like, man, I mean, that is the question. Like, Raiders, what else do you need in order to mm-hmm. not be one of the worst teams in the NFL and not make the playoffs? And that's what – I might say, yeah, they're the worst. I'm not saying the – I like to say saying they are the worst team in the NFL, overreacting a little bit. But I might say that they're in the worst shape in the sense of they've got weapons – They've got a new coach, what I think is maybe headed them in the right direction. But just their mismanagement of losing to the Cardinals, like just the way that they've looked and just always, it just seems lackluster. There's nothing for me to really get behind because it's just this like, man, it might be time for you to even maybe, if you're not quite there, trade up and go get a Bryce Young or somebody because it's just like Derek Carr, he's just, and maybe it's the scenario. Maybe it's just time for him to be a really good backup in the league. Anthony, do you agree with me? Whoa. What really good backup in the league, or just one of those wow, guys we're going there? I, 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 is that too much praise for him? What do you think? I, I mean, I He's, think it's a little too harsh, brother. I, I've, I mean, really what, good backup, dude. I, I mean, what team do you put them on and they get better? The Colts. Matt Ryan's arm is gone. It might be about time for him and Matt Ryan to be really good backups in the league. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I, I've never that that might come across. Let me let me give a little. I've never been a huge Derek Carr fan, other than mm-hmm. the year that he was playing to get his contract, and he did play really well. And what mm-hmm. did he tear his ACL? He did something, but yeah. uh, but anyways, it, he just has never come back as just that 
decisive decision maker who's going to come in and lead the team. It's just like this constant um, letdown. So, anyways, I think they're in bad shape because it's like they have everything in order to win. And it looks like a lot of Gruden's picks people have not loved. And I mean, just, you know, a lot of, lot of, lot of turmoil in their, in their, uh, their program. So that's, uh, Hey, that was the last question we had guys. I think that we'll, we might even have to revisit that because there'll be teams who have injuries that were on the list that we were talking about, but there's also those teams that, that maybe we talked about today who get on a run and the teams that maybe are sitting at two and O or one of one that they have a skid. So, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a, a little bit more fun way to approach this question rather than just being the next podcast to talk about who's the best team in the NFL. So does anybody have any last words before I kick us out of here? Runner pass. <laughs> Runner pass, let them know. The only, the only other thing that I want to say, and I want I just thought of this, I want to add it to the Tua thing. That game on Sunday was Alabama LSU 2019 if the defense gets stopped. That is what that game was. Alabama came back in the second half, and Tua was dealing and hitting every doggone throw and was in a great rhythm. That was that game on Sunday, and the defense got stopped. They won the game, and uh, I'm still I'm still buzzing about it, baby. Still buzzing about it, but that's all I got. Hey, I mean, and I know I'm not trying to bring us into this, but I mean, I'm 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 glad that Tua played well and that they got the victory. But I don't know what you tell Lamar Jackson in a contract negotiation. It's like. You played uh, – if, if you're you him, fantastic. I mean, what else do you ask him to really do? But anyways, uh, he had a great game too. It was just a phenomenal game to watch. I Hey, did y'all see the small thing? Did y'all see it pop up at the bottom of the screen basically saying, hey, we might have to kick you off this because the Cowboys game is about to start? Did y'all get that notification? No, I did not. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell about, you, brother. Yeah, there was about Ooh, 30 seconds left. Heated. And I was like, there ha- we've got to figure this out. If there's any way – in the NFL, that you have to cut this game off so that Jerry Jones's commercials before the game starts get shown. Oh my gosh, there are going to be people irate. So, anyways, that's all we got for you today. Uh, hey, let us know even in the comments. Let us know what you think about these NFL shows. I mean, we we enjoy doing them. It's not a hassle, but by the same token, I think that it is hard to come in here and say something definitive because of how many good teams there are in the NFL. It's hard to come in here and say that this team is going to be good and this team's going to be bad. But that's what creates good content, good conversations. So we enjoy doing it. Let us know if this is something you find interesting or maybe some if we need to gear it more towards fantasy or just more of a, a love mm-hmm. for the NFL. Y'all let us know. Let us kind of help us steer this ship slowly. Graham's wife is home, so that means we've got to get out of here, and that means that mine's on the way. So yep. perfect timing. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, the Pigskin Cafe is closed for now. But until then, Graham, chew on that. <laughs>